Hey guys, welcome to another podcast episode with Cribs. Before we jump into the first guest, we just want to tell you and remind you that you should be working with Cribs if you're looking at buying an investment property. We work with all the best developers uh, in town. We know and understand where the market is going to grow and rise over the next couple of years. So you need to work with us. We can help you pick the area, pick the property and help you secure that asset. We manage the cash flows, find the right property manager, make sure that you've got your depreciation schedules, the insurance is all set up, but it all starts with that first investment. So work with us and we'll help you find that right property. Over to the show. Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Cribs. Today we're extremely lucky to have Michael Sick, longtime friend and business associate. I've known you for like more than a decade now, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's been ages. <laughs> um, Michael's come all the way over here because he has something very special to say about ethical investing, um, sustainable style investing. And I think it's especially poignant topic at the moment, just because, you know, it was only the other day we had 300,000 people, 330,000 people come out across Australia to say, hey, we care about the planet, we care about the environment. And from an investment standpoint, I feel like there's a little bit of stigma associated with it. So there's a few things that I want to talk about relating to that. Also about relating to property because it is a bit of a property thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you'll indulge me, but before we get in there, can you just um, have a chat to the audience? I know that you're a supremely qualified and amazing financial planner. Thank you. But <laughs> can you just um, tell a little bit about yourself, a bit about your story and where you've come from, what's going on? Okay. Well, thanks for having me here, first, of, first and foremost. Um, so I've been in the financial advice space for about 10 years now. Um, started off at a small boutique firm and decided uh, to d go off and do my own thing about five years ago. So um, most of the clients are pretty much like myself. Um, like I'm a father, you know, we're either pretty well established in our careers by now or uh, run, the, run our own businesses. We've got mortgages, we've got investment properties, we've got things all over the place, so we've got kids. Um, so I guess it's for me, this whole ethical investing space is actually quite a personal thing. Um, you know, I guess it's like when, when I think about where I am in life, it's, you know, when I was in the 30s, I was always trying to travel around the world, you know, experiencing new things. And then when you got married, you started to care about someone else apart from yourself. Um, and then when you start to have a family, you start to think about, you know, your, your, your child and thinking about the kind of world that you're leaving, leaving behind. And that's sort of how it resonates with myself. Mm. Yeah. So like a bit of a legacy piece. You want to make sure that you're doing more than just making a couple of bucks. You made a few of those. Yeah. And now what else can I do? Yeah, well, that's that, that's, the, that's the thing, right? So, you know, I'm not an inventor. I'm not going to be able to solve the world's problems um, overnight. But what I, what I do do well is I look at the investment piece. Um, and that's like, and that's looking out under the hood and making sure that, uh, you know, the, our money's going in the right places. So tell me, um, we'll just go straight to the, I suppose, the major stigma. If we're investing into ethical investments, firstly and foremost, can we just clarify what that is? What is an ethical investment in financial planning world and how does that look? Well, ethical investing is such a broad piece and it's actually a person, It's actually quite a personal thing. Um, I guess my journey started about five years ago when the client came to me and said, look, Mike, um, I want to invest in uh, companies that don't dig stuff out of the ground. I want to invest in companies um, that don't lend to people who dig stuff out of the ground. So no to, fossil, no to fossil fuels, no to banks that lend to fossil fuel producers, um, no alcohol, no petrol, um, a lot of no's. And it was really, and for me, it was like, well, that's actually pretty challenging. Um, you've just wiped out about 40% of the Australian stock market right there and then. 
I'm surprised uh, it's only 40%. Like, <laughs> it could be more. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But um, it, for me, it, and then, and then I, when I started diving into a little bit more, I said, look, okay, well, I understand your values and I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, can I ask what kind of car do you drive? And um, this person said, oh, look, I drive a Volkswagen. And I said, oh, okay, well, a Volkswagen, um, they actually got pinned for uh, an emission scandal and, you know, big fines and all that kind of stuff. And after that, it, what it boiled down to was, you know, a lot of people want to invest in companies that do the right thing. And that's sort of where, you know, you hear terms like ethical investing, responsible investing, sustainable investing, impact investing, negative screening, positive screening, all, the, all this terminology. And it gets a little bit confusing. So when you, you need to think about it in a broad spectrum. It's like on one side of the fence, um, you want to have, you want to deal with companies that do the right thing. So have a, what's called a, an ESG overlay. What's that? ESG. So ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. So companies that actually look after uh, making sure they're doing the right thing from an environmental perspective, um, from a social perspective. So, for instance, if you're a clothing manufacturer, yep. um, you're, you know, if you're looking at the supply chain side of things, you know, you're not breaching human rights in you know, paying um, underage children underage to make children. night shoes. Correct. <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> Nick, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just, you know. Um, and, and the governance side of things, you know, making sure there's enough females on the board and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's sort of the, the starting point. Um, and, then, and then somewhere along the lines, it goes down to the point where, you know, you don't care about investment returns and you just want to do the right thing for the environment. So you sacrifice performance just so that your values stand out most. Um, that's sort of an extreme side of things. Uh, everybody else pretty much falls in between. So when you're thinking about ethical investing, it's not a one-size-fits-all side of thing. It's, mm. It means certain things to different people. Um, so for that, for that particular client, probably sits on more of the extreme side of things. But then there are other clients who come to me and say, look, I, wanna, I do believe in the ethical investing side of things. Um, and when we boil down to it, we said, look, it's actually, you just want to invest in companies that do the right thing. You know, uh, an example would be like a company called... AGL, as you know, small company, small company. Yeah. Um, they produce a bit of uh, something called electricity and energy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they also own some of the largest coal mines in Australia. However, if you decide, look, you know, AGL's out. Um, that means that you're also cutting the legs of some of the, uh, the a company that's pr uh, producing or contributing to renewable energies the most in Australia as well. So what do you mean by that? So, you know, the CEO does have a plan to transition from um, fossil fuels to more renewable sources as well. So that sounds quite <coughs> pragmatic. And let me just kind of dip in and make sure I'm understanding correctly. Mm -hmm. One side of the spectrum, you've got people, capitalists, I don't care, just burn stuff, kill people, make some money. Mm -hmm. The other side, you've got, listen, I don't care if we make any money. I just want to do super sustainable whatever. Mm -hmm. But then there's somewhere in the middle where it's quite pragmatic. And we say, listen... We still need to go and use fossil fuels for a while. We mm -hmm. still need to do these other practices. That's where we've come from. Mm -hmm. But I want to invest more sustainably and into things where they're doing the right thing. That's right. And AGL in this instance is obviously using fossil fuels, mm -hmm. but they're making practical steps to try and go towards more sustainable resources investing in technology. That's right. Makes sense. That's right. And when you're looking at that, that spectrum, um, the size of that spectrum represents... About in Australia, about $890 billion, um, which is pretty much half the funds under management at the moment. So 
without knowing it, people are looking, investing in that manner already. Okay. So let me ask you, to, this is what I was alluding to earlier. One of the stigmas, I suppose, is, yeah, which is what you highlighted, the extremist side, um, do ethical investments perform as well as not ethical? Like, Absolutely. And in some cases, even better. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of studies, especially all from the United States and from Europe, where um, they've, they've looked at a portfolio and said, look, this, this portfolio has a more ethical tilt versus this portfolio that doesn't have a more uh, an ethical tilt. And over a course of about 10 years, um, it pretty, you pretty much end up in the same space. Okay. Um, but in Australia, um, I'm a member of RIA, which stands for the Responsible Investments Association Australia. Um, they come out with a report every year. Um, they basically uh, look after a lot of the fund managers and rate them and, and discuss, you know, their strategies and all that kind of stuff. And, and what, what we found from the report is that companies with what's called core responsible investing, which is the lightest um, ethical overload that you can have, which is ESG, um, they actually outperform um, uh, large caps on a three-year basis, on a one-year basis, on a five-year basis, and a ten-year basis. They actually do outperform in the long run. Okay, so that means that for all you people that are probably not massive activists, but you know, recycle and don't throw your cigarette butts in the grass and want to do something that's a bit more ethical, you can start gearing your investments to be a bit more responsible and actually outperform the market. Absolutely. Cool. That's, that's a big positive note. And I think, and not just to interject a little bit, I also will stand by what Michael is saying on the property front, mm-hmm. just because a lot of people don't know that there are developers that work in this space that do put in solar power, embedded networks that work on, you know, using grey water or rainwater tanks. And the companies that are doing this typically look after their people, they have happier employees, they have better quality developments, they build better, um, you know, uh, spaces and communal areas. And you can actually get a, a sense of what they're trying to achieve. And they are uh, better quality developers that aren't going bankrupt. Mm. They're, they're not falling over and you're getting sort of mascot and opal and all that kind of stuff. So it is, a, I think, a leading indicator of like the ethos of the company and will it be here for a while? Yeah, I, mean, I guess it's that's that's more on the on the residential side, but they're also on the commercial side of things. When you think about it, it's like, okay, well, if you've got an office building that's really energy efficient, um, that means that the outgoings for, the, for that business that rents the space is going to be a whole lot lower. Um, that means that, you know, Profitability for that company is going to be a whole lot um, higher, and then in the at the end of the day, it's going to be in much larger demand. And as you know, resident uh, commercial property is all a function of how much rent you receive as well. Yeah. So you know, if you've got a really efficient building, it actually translates to better value um, in the long run. Well, that's seeing the top Australian um, property <coughs> companies like Lend Lease and Dexus, they are actually also rated as the most sustainable and ethically prudent uh, property investors as well. Mm. Um, so there's some correlation there, or maybe it's causation. We won't get into that argument. Um, so for people that want to get out there and make these investments themselves, um, what kind of recommendations, how can they go about do their own research and, and do their own stuff um, outside, of course, talking to you yeah. and me? But, <laughs> but what, what can they go and do? How, how, is it difficult? What, what kind of research is involved? What do they need to do to go and do this kind of work themselves? Well, it's funny, funny you should ask that question. It's, you know, 
the question is, um, well, Rio came up with, with that report, and uh, from that report they said that 9 out of 10 Australians actually want their money or expect to have their money invested ethically, um, which is actually quite surprising because you kind of go, well, is your money invested ethically? No. Is your money invested ethically? But do you want to? Most people say yes. Um, but yeah. they just don't know where to start. And I guess where to start is sort of you've got to take a bit more care in terms of where your money's invested. Um, look underneath the bottom. Have a look at the companies that they're, they're investing into. Um, do your research. Read, read product disclosure statements. Um, I have the... Uh, uh, product disclosure statements, those are thick books? Yeah, those really, really thick books. So you've got to read all of them. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, and then you can make a, a really great informed decision. Um, I use other, other avenues such as talking to the investment managers, talking to guys who have you know, you know, tens, of, tens of people in their team that actually go out there and speak to CEOs and and do um, reports and ask them ask CEOs those tough questions about you know what are you doing in terms of um, the environment what are you doing in terms of governance what are you doing in terms of the social aspect side of things um, something that a lot of us don't get an opportunity to do because I don't they know. can't do that primary research well yeah. you could you can you can try and get an appointment at BHP or you can try and get an appointment at, yeah. at Woolworths uh, I don't know how far you'll be but uh, you'll get that uh, that's that's sort of the starting point and. If you, if you don't have the time or the, the know-how to do that, speak to a professional. And, and let me just play devil's advocate here. Uh, how many professionals in the market would you say um, own that space or understand ethical investing? Is, is, it, is it a big emerging market? Is, it, is there a lot of um, financial planners and brokers and people that are responsible and understand this space or are you sort of a rare breed? So surprisingly not. Um, I thought there would be a lot more, but apparently there's, there's not that many advisors that look into this space. Uh, I think the main reason is, is it's actually a lot of advisors out there don't look at the strategy, which is good, which is great. Um, and that's, that's the most important part, but then they outsource the, uh, the 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 investment piece and a lot of them are moving towards you know index funds or you know things that just track the market and not care where the money's going uh, whereas you know I actually do care where the money's invested mm. and if I believe in ethical investments I have to have, I have to look underneath the hood I have to work out where the money's going it, it does it align with my clients values mm. it's not a one size fits all uh, and that's and that's why I think you know when you when it comes down to managing clients' money, and it's, it's, you know, whether it be superannuation, whether it be investments, this is probably going to be the, one of the largest assets and a lot of care needs to be taken. Absolutely. Yeah. Michael, um, mate, thank you very much for coming in today. I feel like I've learned something on this ethical investment side, and it's great to know that there's people like you that are pushing this agenda and focusing on how to make money, but it's also how to do it prudently without raping and pillaging. Um, is there any sort of last note or bits, tidbits that you want to sort of leave our viewers and listeners on? Look, I, I think with anything, um, just go out there and do as much research as you possibly can. Um, you know, I, I get to do this. It's my passion. It's, I get to do this 24-7. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot mm. of people who, have, who are quite busy, I mean, they've got family commitments, they've got soccer practice, all these kind of things. Um, if you don't have the time to do it, go get some help. Yep. Completely agree. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I uh, hope to hear more about this ethical investing. And, mate, we'll chat to you soon. Absolutely. Catch up.